Okay, we should be recording now. That's what the little red box says. All right, you guys ready? Hi, this is Ron Gilbert, and welcome to the Thimbleweed Park Stand-Up Meeting Podcast. Every week we talk about what we did last week and what we're going to do this week. So we will start with Gary. Okay, so I've continued working on, uh, I think I said last week there's sort of this blurry line in my mind between Act 2 and Act 3, but I think I'm pretty well into Act 3 stuff right now. I'm working on a bunch of ThimbleCon related stuff, uh, continuing to do an awful lot of sort of finessing of icons and objects for rooms that are all puzzle related and doing character animation and I know I sound like a broken record that's pretty much what I'm doing right now because now everything is at least for me being an artist it's a little bit different I think than Ron or David because Chase just puts all my stuff on a big spreadsheet and I just check it off of a big spreadsheet whereas I think Ron and David have to deal with more dynamic issues than that at least Ron does in the system level, whereas David, I think, is, you know, figuring stuff out. So I imagine things that are on a schedule sometimes make sense. My stuff pretty much makes sense. It's just, you know, it says, do this for 10 minutes, do that for a half hour, you know, draw a, a comic book or draw, a, you know, a hat or something. So that's pretty much it. All right, David, what have you been up to? Yeah, also, by the way, we we forgot to do in the intro say, and today with me is David and Gary. And oh, you don't think by this time people will know who you are? <laughs> Ron can just grab that from another broadcast and just slap it on the front. That's it's all the same. <laughs> in fact, in fact, Ron could just like lead in with the same one every week, you know. <laughs> okay, this week I again worked on bug fixes, and I realized I'm doing this kind of a thing where, where if it's a really easy fix, it takes me like ten seconds. If then it just feels really good to get them off my plate and just fix the bunch of them like that. Yeah, I kind of do like bug fix Mondays where I, I just spend one day and I just grind through all the little bugs that don't take a lot of effort. Yeah, for, the, for me, I, I like checking things off. So it feels good to get a bunch of them out of my inbox and, and, and done. So the easiest ones are like typos or like, you know, the person says something wrong. And then there's some that are like, okay, this is going to be a really hairy one to do. And... I might, if it's not critical, I might just throw it in my back pile and I have a mailbox filled with bugs that I haven't touched yet. I have a couple of those really big ones that are going to be really hairy and they just kind of sit there because I'm yeah. almost afraid to start them because yeah. I know it's just going to be painful to go through these things. And there, and there's areas where like, you know, I knew this, you know, the same thing keeps coming back. Like the testers find ingenious ways to break the same sections of, of the game over and over again. We could get rid of the testers. Yeah, that would work. We get get this done a lot faster then. Um, also got art for two new rooms, or I should say, I got new art for two rooms in the factory, the security office, and one of the rooms inside the factory. Got those both in, and also created a programmer art version of the first scene in the factory when the uh, actors first walk in as a placeholder until we figure out how we want it choreographed. Added a bunch of backer inventory items into the game and wired a few of those up. Um, special case animation. Have you wired up the big red button yet? I, I did a first pass, but I didn't do the result of that yet. Uh. So there is like a placeholder cutscene that happens. I have to talk to you about what actually should happen after, after this is used. 
and the uh, special case animation for the bank manager, which finishes off a puzzle that involves him. Uh, we've got new rat animation, which I put in. And um, this is an interesting one. Um, we have climbing animations when actors climb up a ladder. And we originally made all the ladders the same width, which seemed like a good idea, except we forgot that the actors actually scale as they're further away. So I had to go back and adjust them to the scaled size of the actor at the point that they're on the ladder. There's only like three places where you have ladders, so that wasn't too difficult. Yeah, the scaling has caused an interesting problem that I don't think we anticipated, which is when, when the actors need to interact with something in the world and the actor is scaled, if the artist goes through and draws, you know, the actor animating interacting with that object but they don't take the scale of the actor into account you know it can it can look really wrong you know like it looks right for the animator because they're doing it because they're kind of doing it all at 100 percent. but when the actor scales it looks it looks kind of weird so i don't think we quite anticipated that yeah we have and we we found a couple of places where we where they were on the edge of being a problem and was able to kludge it there's one with the bank manager where he's sitting on a chair and in that case, it was pretty easy. We just made the chair part of the actor. I think he was also scaled to like 97%. Yeah, so I think... Probably just move him to 100%, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if I forced him to 100 or not yet, but um, I'll have to check that. But he looks okay. Yeah, so we have to watch the next thing we do when we're, they have to interact with a, with an object. I mean, like, you know, walking up to something and touching, it's different. But if they're actually sitting in, in a, like a chair or something, then that's right. an issue. Or we could... Have the the animator could actually draw them full out, and we just do clipping on the object, so we don't have to worry about lining it up. And that would probably be an easier way to also to get it perfect. You know, add a add the front arm of the chair as an object, so the clips the actor who's sitting behind it. Um, and uh, the last thing I've been doing ongoing is setting up the Act Three testing scenario, so playtesters can jump in at, at that point and uh, have a bunch more work to do on that because I, I got a a save game I got from Rob that I need to kind of go through and, and see all the things that I have to add and, and flags I have to set. And I think that's about it. Next week, um, continue with, um, I have a, a backlog of factory rooms I have to finish, a whole bunch more bugs to, to fix, and some special case animation to put in that I haven't put in yet. That's really fun. Now, when we finish the factory stuff, we will have finished all the rooms and we'll just be moving to polish on rooms, correct? Yeah, I think so. There's the epilogue stuff that still needs to be done, but I don't believe there's really any art for that because the epilogues use all the existing art. So once once we move to the epilogues, I don't think there's any art that has to be done. So that'll be something to have gotten through at least all of the first pass of everything that's in the game. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of rooms that I want to completely redo from scratch, but I kind of want to wait and see how much time we have and whether we have enough time to really do that. Because I mean, they are shippable the way they are, but I think they could just be a lot more interesting. But that'll probably wait till a polish stage. And then we and then we have a bunch of special case animation we can it's in the same category that we could do it if we have the time, but it's not critical for the game. Yeah, I figure we'll just make a huge list of all the special case animation and kind of roughly prioritize it and then just start working through the list until we run out of time. You know, if we don't get to the end, then we don't get to the end. So are you guys feeling like we're sort of the, I'm going to use the word the end is at least sort of, you know, 
focus, you know, in focus for you? It seems like a lot of work. I mean, there's definitely the end, but you know, there's a, a part of me looks at it and goes, I don't know how we're ever going to get all this done. But you know, I always do that in every project, and we do end up getting it all done. So I'm sure we will get it done, but it just seems like an amazing slog and an amazing amount of work that we have to get done. You know, before before our cutoff date. I went to a screening last night and invited Matthew Kane oh, yeah? to, to join me. So I got to talk to him. And we were talking about this and the progress of the game and realized I'm kind of in this phase now where I'm just, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. And um, like every day kind of feels almost the same. It feels like there's no progress being made. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of step back and say, oh, well, you know, we did that one, that one, that one. And there actually aren't that many more to do in terms of rooms. Yeah, there's just a handful of rooms that are that are left. Yeah, yeah, real. It's like I, it's maybe six or so that I have to do for the factory in, somewhere in that ballpark, and and that's it. And that whole part is done. And I just you know really getting all the rest of the puzzles wired in, and so there there is progress, which I I forget because I'm just you know doing these podcasts really help because I actually kind of see what I did for the last week. I, otherwise, I wouldn't really wouldn't think about it. Yeah, it's not until you step back and you look at something that you kind of realize how much progress has been made. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I will go next. Uh, just a lot of bug fixes, um, a bunch of engine work. There's a couple of big bugs in the engine. And they're not really bugs. They're kind of these features that I'm dreading, as I mentioned earlier, kind of dreading uh, tackling um, just because I know they're going to be really hairy and they're probably going to break a lot of stuff when I put them in. And so I'm not not looking forward to that. So I feel like I'm doing a little bit of procrastination on those, but uh, just finding, you know, a lot of other, you know, little engine issues that need to be dealt with. The UI has been frustrating in a way because I kind of changed the way the UI internally, the way the UI is managed and the way it's turned on and off. And it's just um, created a whole bunch of these little bugs that I've kind of had to deal with. I think ultimately it's a good idea. I think that, you know, the internal structure, the way the UI is dealt with is, is a lot better. So I think it's it's good to do that kind of stuff. Spending time getting a, a demo build ready for Gamescom. Uh, I'm not going to go to Gamescom, but Rob is going to be there. And, you know, he'll be demoing the game at the uh, Xbox booth. Um, the difference between this and the other times that we showed it at Microsoft is we actually have to have it running on an Xbox. We can't you know, have it running on a PC with a controller. It really needs to be an Xbox. So we're kind of scrambling uh, to get that stuff done um, and get uh, and get it. The, the Xbox is pretty much on parity with everything else, but it's just it's a little bit behind. And I think what it hasn't had is it hasn't had the testing that the other platforms have had. So we need to kind of do that because we only have a couple of weeks to get that ready. And uh, just finalizing the voice recording, I got uh, the auditions for the voice recording, I should say. I got another big batch of auditions in the other day. So I'm going to put those up for everybody to listen to. How do you like them? I haven't listened to them yet. Oh, you weren't there. These were not live. These were sent to you. No, these these were just uh, you know d- demo reels that people had put together. You know that we'd kind of give them a script and they did their own recording. So mm-hmm. the, these aren't ones that I was actually at. So I haven't actually listened to them yet. So, so we'll it's probably with no direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had the one paragraph description of the character. Uh, and they had the script to read, but there was no direction beyond that, which can sometimes be good, right? I and mean, sometimes actors will will have a take of a character that you know maybe we didn't think of, but it's still actually really interesting and really good. So 
it's like i kind of i i think when i'm doing additions i always like i always like the actor to have their take of the character at least first you know and hear what that is before i do a lot of direction with what the you know what the character is do they usually give you like two or three different versions of a character yeah some do some do I mean, some actors have a lot of range, you know, and, and they'll, you know, they'll display that in their auditions. And then some actors, you know, don't have a lot of range and, you know, you'll get one character, you know, out of them, one, one read or so out of them for it. Aside from Gamescom, you're also getting ready for PAX in Seattle, right? Yeah, there's not a lot to do for PAX in Seattle. You know, we're at the, we did a lot of the work for the PAX East stuff. So a lot of the things that we need for the booth that that's already been ordered and printed and all that stuff. So it'll be a little less work for PAX West. Since you live in Seattle, you can just get in your car and drive there, I guess, or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no travel time. I get to go for the first one. I'm going to go, I'm going to come up and drive up. Yeah. You're going to bring your dog too, right? I'm going to bring my dog and my wife. (laughs) (laughs) The dog's not going to help with the driving though. So she doesn't add a lot except in forced rest stops. Yeah, that is one nice thing about traveling with a dog. I tend to drive way too long when I'm driving by myself and you're driving with a with a pet. You have to stop every so often, which is which is actually kind of good. Yeah, it's actually my last trip where we did that. It was much more refreshed and less brain dead when I reached the end because of all the stops we made. It's kind of like driving with little kids. I, I haven't done that for a while, but I think I remember because more so than with a pet is that we had to stop like every 15 minutes because somebody had to go to the bathroom because I had four <laughs> kids in the car with me. So here's a rest up. Everyone goes. I don't have to go now. I'm just looking through the um, the Git repository stuff, trying to see if I forgot anything. So are we done? Ron's still recording, but so yeah. yeah, well, I'm still, I'm just going through the Git repository. I want to see if there's anything that... Did you mention the thing about the safe safe area? Oh, no, I didn't. And then the other thing kind of related to the Xbox is uh, the safe area. Because uh, when you're displaying on a television, a lot of TVs, the very edges of the TV don't, um, don't display. They're kind of zoomed in. This was a really big problem in the CRT days. And I figured that this would be a solved problem today now that you know, all TVs are, you know, digital and LCD, but it's really not. There's just a lot of TVs that they kind of enlarge the picture a little bit and they crop off the edges. And we have UI that sits at the edges. And so we're having to do some stuff where we create what's called a safe area. And uh, hopefully our goal is to allow people to adjust that safe area. So if you have a TV that displays well, you know, you can pull everything out to the sides. And then if you don't, you can kind of bring the UI in and get it off the safe area. So that was the... uh, that was the other thing that I've been doing. Any issues where um, there are objects like your your dust? Your, that's something you did this last week too, I think. Was your oh, dust that's article. right. <laughs> big, Specs big of major. dust. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for things like that, where where it could be random, where it gets placed, um, where you have to make sure it's inside the safe area. And I can remember if there are any other puzzles anywhere in the game where objects are off to the edge. And, you know, like maybe a doorway, which is plenty wide normally, but when you chop off 10 pixels or something, it all of a sudden it becomes really narrow. Yeah, we'll have to look for those. If you hit Command A, it'll actually turn on these red little borders to show you where the safe area is. Mm. 
So you can kick that on and then you can see whether so far I haven't found anything in the world. You know, obviously the doors, you know, are a little bit thinner on the edges, but they're still fine. So I haven't found any areas where that's a problem. It all seems to be UI based. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll have to do a lot of testing on that. And as David mentioned, the other thing I did was the specks of dust. Uh, there's going to be these little specks of dust that go that are around the game, and you can click on them and collect them. And it's really for an achievement. It's like the one pixel hunting thing we have in the game, but it's all about an achievement. So every room will have a speck of dust in it, and it'll be about finding all those little specks of dust in the game. So that was the other thing I worked on. That didn't take long. That was probably about an hour to put that whole thing in, and I think it'll... And that came out of a tweet? Yeah, somebody tweeted at me like last week, and... I think they were just joking. They said, hey, you know, can you put a speck of dust in the game? So I said, sure, fine. So I I kind of threw it in just as a one-off, and then I started thinking, you know, this would be really fun as an achievement thing to find all the specks of dust. So I just went ahead and added that. Uh, at least programmer art works for that in this case. Yeah, it's a pixel. It's it's kind of hard to, to draw a crappy pixel. I know you've had a lot of practice drawing those pixels when you're pixel of, you know, of the day or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are big. These are real pixels. I mean, this is this is true. This is truly pixel hunting. It is a single pixel you have to find, and it's alphid, right? So it's not even a bright pixel. It's a very dim pixel. Does it anim animate and move around, or is it just sitting there? It just sits there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are, it's it's in the latest game. So if you boot up the latest one, you'll you'll find them. Who did the icon? I did. <laughs> I think that I think that belongs and you know it's got to stay the way it is in the game right now. I mean, I'm not I'm not updating that icon even if you Well, I mean to. the speck of dust icon is a pixel, right? And but you, but you get additional um versions of it as you have more pixels on. Yeah, yeah. I think there I think there's 10. I, I think it stops at 10. I mean, does your inventory start to reflect you have a, a bunch of just scattered pixels in your inventory in like one box or something? Yeah, it is one inventory item that just kind of keeps getting little little specks added to it. Okay, is that it? Okay, can you guys respond to that? Yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> I'm just going to wait till my buffer line fills up. Because <laughs> Ron told me to. All right, then I'll talk to you guys later. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. It's it's filled up. Oh wait, no, it's it's doing it again. Well, it's gonna keep doing it. It's still recording. Well, I'll 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 stop recording and then we can wait for okay. the buffer line to after fill it's... up after it stopped recording. Okay. All right. Stopping recording now.